0: KPO San Francisco. It's 11 o'clock.
1: When we are ignorant, whether passively or intentionally, we have no chance to see the truth for what it is. The truth for what it is. it is. truth for what it
0: is. If it is a passive kind of ignorance,
1: we move about in a foggy bliss of unawareness.
0: If we make ourselves ignorant, if we actively
1: delude ourselves, then we are making a terrible mistake. Making a terrible mistake. Making a terrible mistake. We rob ourselves of the clarity of truths. We miss the beauty as well as the full depth and worth of the universe. Good morning, beautiful people out there. This is New Bay Brown coming to you from Prison Focus and California Prison Focus. So one of the first things that I want to talk to you all about out there is, I know that Prison Focus has been going through a few changes, some really beautiful changes, and um, I want to uh, encourage you to, I know I've asked this before, to reach out to me at New Bay at prisons.org. I really want to hear what you have to say about what you've been listening to, what you, just your feedback on, on your experience. Uh, it was, it's been wonderful working with, uh, Brother Leonard over the past year and then making that transition, uh, to working with London. And, um, if you are joining us for the first time today, you'll know that, um, she has decided to, uh, to move on and do some other really positive, continue to do some positive things in her life. Although we will be hearing from her periodically, um, which we are really excited about. So, um, and for those of you that have been tuning in for these past few months and listening to London and I, um, again, I want to encourage you to just give some feedback because now, um, we are going to be um having another change and i am going to be here with you each thursday and hopefully um bringing you what uh, you are interested in and um, i just feel like this is a uh, this is a really a community effort and uh, prison focus radio is such a, a positive and important platform because we don't get to hear from our, our brothers and sisters behind the wall, uh, their voices are getting lost in all of the noise. And, um, and it's important that we create this, continue to create this platform. So please reach out to me again, Nube, that's N like Nancy, U like Umbrella, B like Boy, E like Edward at prisons.org. And I really look forward to your feedback. Um, and also on that note about this platform for opening up the voices, or elevating the voices of those not heard, uh, we are gonna be, um, the program today is really gonna be talking about that organizing and activism that is happening, continually happening in terms of the struggle struggle for prisoners' human rights um, and getting their voices out there um, and making sure that they are not buried because that the organizing and that struggle is still going on. Um, and the last thing that I wanted to bring up, um, which we bring up every show, we have a generous donor given, uh, us a $25,000 matching grant for California Prison Focus. This will help us to continue, um, most notably the uh, publication of our newspaper called Prison Focus. Again, this newspaper is another platform, an organizing tool, um, an, uh, an educational tool for, um, the men and women, again, on the inside, and um, those of us outside here who are um, their advocates and supporters. So please go to prisons.org, and um, if you can, uh, also tell your friends and family to please make a donation, because all donations will be matched up to $25,000 until the end of the year um, through December 2019. So uh, yes, please visit us and also I want to encourage you to visit our website for all kinds of reasons It's it's very interactive. We have a calendar there that talks about the the um All the events that we are going to be uh, hosting throughout uh throughout the month and also um, uh, Other events that are related to the work that we are doing um, You will find the uh, liberate the cage voices, which we do on a monthly basis Um and uh, you can find and read past issues of prison focused newspaper. Uh, this is a fen- uh, again, it's an organizing tool for um, those those activists on the inside and again, our supporters out here. It's a wonderful dialogue that we keep going. And, uh, it's an educational tool. It's essential that this newspaper continues. So any of your donations help to make sure that we are able to keep that newspaper going. All right. So with that said, um, I hope you all are having a beautiful day and, um, we have in the studio with me this morning, thank you Watani for waiting for me. Uh, we have Watani Steiner who is a longtime friend of California Prison Focus um, and um, also an elder in our community and so he is with us today and we are just gonna talk about, um, basically we're gonna talk about that Black August, we just finished Black August And we are now here in the month of of September. It is also the anniversary of the 2013, um, the ending of the 2013 prisoner hunger strike that took place here in California. Um, 29,000, almost 30,000 people inside uh, took place, uh, took part, sorry, in this hunger strike. Um, it's quite significant. We are going to be talking about the ongoing struggle of, of black resistance um, and the struggle to um, to elevate uh, prisoners' human rights and the movement that keeps it going, which um, uh, is is happening. And it's important that we uh, give it voice. Because, again, it's one of those things that is in the background. And so, Watani, I would love to um, uh, come on in, introduce yourself, and then give us, um, I'd love for you to give us a little background on your part in, um, in black resistance and in that struggle, because you definitely have some some history there that I think the listening audience would love to hear.
0: Okay, first of all I'd say uh, thank you, uh Newberry. I mean you've done you've done some fantastic work. Sorry to uh, I won't say sorry, but uh London, I know she's moved on to uh do the great work she's always doing. Mm-hmm. So uh so I join you in, you know, wishing her well and I also uh uh welcome you here and glad that you'll be a permanent Fixture in KPO. <laughs> thank so, you. Thank you uh, for that. Um, well, my give uh, a little background. I was uh, involved in the movement of the 1960s. Uh, in fact, I was in prison in 1969 uh, up to 1974. In 1974, I escaped from San Quentin and I fled the country to South America, and I was there for. 20 years, came back in 1994. So uh, with that, I'm just saying that I uh, see myself as being sort of have a unique perspective on the criminal justice system, Uh, particularly I think because I was a part of that movement of the 60s that uh, wanted to bring about change in the society. And uh, also coming back in 1994 after, you know, being away for 20 years. uh, There was a lot of changes. Mm -hmm. A lot of changes take place. Um, I came, unfortunately, I came directly straight back to prison, so I didn't get a chance to have that outside perspective. I had to learn that from people who have come inside, uh, also through my reading and conversations that I've had. so I have a perspective on both of those, some of the strengths as well as some of the weaknesses mm-hmm. of the movement. Um, um, yeah, so for me, that gives me a, sort of a perspective to, to analyze and to have a conversation that borders on both of those, uh, those perspectives.
1: That's yeah. I, I definitely can hear that. And um, so I was I was wondering um, about. So you were you were in San Quentin for it was six years.
0: No five. Five five, five years, years.
1: And then you were basically you you self exiled <laughs> right for twenty two years.
0: 20? Twenty. Sorry, I'm, I'm <laughs> okay, not doing my math very well here. <laughs> folks. Great, great. Um, uh-huh.
1: So. Um, so what, and what was going on during that time? So, cause here you get to stand back, right? You've had mm-hmm. this experience, but then you get to stand back and stand back outside of the country, mm-hmm. right? Kind of looking into, were you able to have, gain some perspective there? I'd love to hear what was happening in those, those 20, 22 years.
0: See, most of those 20 years. 20 years. <laughs> yeah, most of those 20, 20 years, uh, I've sort of lost contact with uh, the movement in the, in the States, at least in the way that I was involved uh, during the 60s. That was more like a the struggle uh, that I was engaged in was more on an international basis because I have got to see uh, other struggles uh, which were similar. And I also realized that a lot of the the strategies and tactics that we had in the struggles in the states were also adopted uh, in in the countries that I I uh, fled to. I was basically in the Caribbean, in South America, and uh, during uh, the 60s and 70s, there was a struggle to gain independence in those countries. Some are newly independent. South Africa was still there, so there was a big movement uh, uh, to. Uh, Uh, and apartheid, so there was a lot of issues that I was not that much aware of or involved in uh, while I was in the States. So I I think one thing about uh, when I was in prison during the the 60s and early 70s was that there was a movement, you know, a vibrant movement taking place uh, in this country. And a lot of people who came to prison were involved, you know, in in that movement. And so there was a lot of exchanges of ideas. And that movement sort of gave, gave, uh, gave not only legitimacy but also gave uh, uh, momentum to the movement and the way people studied inside of state of prison, you know. And that was one of the the main things that. I uh, I see – I saw – well, when I look back on, on, you know, back in the 60s, when I came back in 74, the movement was not uh, – 94 was not as uh, in prison. The focus was not as intense as it was uh, back then. And I think that – well, I, I think there's several factors. Um, i would love to hear yeah well, one of the factors that uh back in the 60s and early 70s we didn't have television so there was not you know that distraction because you know ah. weapon of mass distraction of the tv mm-hmm. um, um so and people, listen up young you know, folks so people mm-hmm. were, were actually reading and sharing information and holding you know holding group conversations uh on the yard and in the cell blocks and uh, passing, you know, passing along literature that they they learned. And, you know, so that engagement of, uh, of the 60s and early 70s, I, you know, I didn't see it uh, in um, the 90s when I came back. And, of course, I, during my reading, I, you know, read about uh, what happened during the, the 80s, you know, the 80s with the whole... Uh, Crack cocaine, right? Epidemic. Which is
1: a—that's the other drug, right? Yeah. So there's that drug, and then the drug yeah. of television, television. Mm.
0: yeah, and then the proliferation. So, uh, so the people uh, coming into mm. prison were not as I can say not as politically conscious, right? As uh, as it was uh, during uh, you know my earlier days when I was a young man in prison.
1: Right, people are being arrested for different reasons, right? Because now they're being arrested for the crime of, of with of drugs, right? Mm-hmm. Of using, selling. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean,
0: yeah. and the number of laws that they added to the books. So, exactly. So yeah, so you have a a lot of those, and then then I also realized the 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 devastation that was done to the elders during the you know during the. the that 80, that period of the, the 80s, a lot of the others were either put in prison or uh, ran out the countries or even killed. Right. So, with that in mind, that a lot of the young young people that were coming in prison didn't have that connection to you know to a, a, a elder or right. father figure, and and you know so there was a lot of work to be done in that. There was a lot of wounds, a lot of damage, a lot of harm that was done during that period, not necessarily, you know, physically, but psychologically there was a lot. So, uh, and I think it was, you know, deliberately uh, um, imposed on uh, our, our youth. And so, with the removal of the elders, you had, you know, a lot of youngster that were lost in a sense. You Absolutely. In a sense. The value that we put on, you know, reading, uh, was diminished. The value we put on just having a conversation, or having a critical, uh, looking at things in a critical way, you know. For me, I um, coming back, I consider myself like a storyteller. You know, and, you, you are know,
1: definitely a storyteller. But <laughs> I, and, you know, and
0: I, and, you know, and I don't say that loosely because uh, I think that everyone. Has a story that they can tell I mean, you can you know regardless of what who you talk to, there are some stories, and uh I think what's important is that not to just look at stories just for story's sake uh because everyone has a story, but also look at those stories and how they connect to the structural injustices of this society because that's what because you know some stories are interesting some stories may not be so interesting right, some right. are tragic i mean you can make all but unless we can connect those stories to you know the structural injustice of the society then you know it becomes a lesson that we can pass on to the next generation and that's something that i'm i'm passionate about and i'm passionate about it because i think that people learn more from stories of, of of other people and how we can look at those stories and, and and see where they apply to our life. But uh like I say we can come up with stories, you know, of all kinds of you know, and different magnitudes and all kinds of twists and turns to it, but you know those stories don't just exist in a vacuum. those stories are connected to something, whether you were talking about. It. I mean, it's one thing to say that uh you know I grew up poor, uh, I went to prison, uh you know, I read a book and I become this new Malcolm X or you know yeah, that's one thing to say that, but that's that story is interesting that story uh may have some you know something that you can draw from. But if that story is not really connected to how all this came about, you know, because, you know, people don't just don't, ex- like I said, don't exist in a, in a, in a vacuum. Right. You know, there's a way that is connected uh, to, uh, you know, structures and, and systems that are, that are in place that are designed to, you know, uh, uh, cripple us, to, uh Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Do you feel like? Um, I mean, I feel so. I'm kind of new to this, as as you know, I'm new to this. Um, not really the the black liberation, but but the the focus really on um, the the prisoners the prisoners movement, right? The prisoners mm-hmm. human rights movement. I've only been doing this for you know mm-hmm. two and a half years, something like that. And so I'm starting. Uh, I'm feeling like because I came right after the. The hunger strikes and mm-hmm. right off of the um, millions for prisoners human rights march, and then we just fin- last year was the national prison strike, right? So there is still a movement that is definitely happening, and that Black August is is is, is it? Do you feel like it's reasserting itself more? Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, does it only look like that to me because I'm kind of new to it, or I'm wondering though, like. Um, about Black August and that that adherence to the study and the to making that connection to the, the to the the structures that are in place um, around why people are where they are, mm-hmm. right, and how. Um, and here we are, right now, two million plus people, yeah. you know, incarcerated mm-hmm. or enslaved, mm-hmm. um, according to the, the exception clause of the Thirteenth Amendment, which says so, um, that people are slaves of the state. And also, there's 70 million people that um, have a felony conviction, tw- um, 20, so, so, yeah, and 23 million with a conviction, uh, f- five million people on some kind of parole or probation. This is this is the symptoms of this is the result of these structures that you're talking about, right? So, but do you feel like that that the the essence and the spirit of Black August, Black Resistance, that uh, struggle for prisoners' human rights is reasserting itself? Do you feel like we are in an upward momentum?
0: Yes, yeah, that's that's a very good question, uh, you know, and I, and I think it is. And, but at the same time, I don't think that it ever went away. I okay. think that mm-hmm. the core and uh, of uh, the struggle, or the essence of the just of, say the prison movement itself, is still there. It's always been there. Mm-hmm. I mean, but at the same time, uh, I think we must also realize that there's also another force that's also. Uh, that's, that sort of stepped up its game to try to suppress that. You know, it's not just suppress it, you know, internally by, you know, locking people up and sending them to solitary confinement, but also suppressing the information that flows through there, the information that it, 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 um, it tries to guide us into a way where we become uh, uh, collaborators in our own uh, uh, Oppression, oppression. Mm-hmm. and that's and and, and that's something. Um, so it's, you know, and, ah. and I'm I'm tempted, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm always tempted not to take one particular thing and and see that as as you know as the main, the main you know the main focus because there's so many things that are at play now, and so much that young people are, have to struggle against to try to, you know, just, just try to breathe, to try to, you know, try, try to live. So these forces, you know, while they suppress the movement of the 60s, at the same time they have elevated their methods and means of of, of, of oppression, of silencing mm-hmm. us, and getting us to, uh, you know, not see See clearly of what is being done done to us, you know, and 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 that's that's important. That's important for us to always take fail. But to answer your question, that uh, I think that you know, you can say that there's a, a certain resurgence of the movement, or, you know, of that vigor that uh, took place uh, back in in uh, in the '60s. Other times it seemed like it's you know, there's not, you know, any change. It's just getting worse. And some OGs just want to just give up and point the finger and dismiss young people, which is, I think it's not, I I think this is what it's designed to do, you know, to disengage us in what's being uh, done to us. Uh, The prison movement, uh, I think we have to look at it not as, you know, prison as being some isolated or some island somewhere. It's deeply connected to this society, you know. And if we lose sight of that, then we become so focused on one particular thing that we don't see the bigger picture. And I think this is what uh, uh, they want us to to do. Um, When I came back, I, you know, speaking with, you know, a lot of the younger people. And I say younger people because now I'm in my 70s. Uh, and you know, so i you know I can take some latitude to say say uh you know some of the things that I probably wouldn't say if I was younger <laughs> but uh i i I think that they are you know yeah our, our youth are under some tremendous pressure they are tremendous pressure because it it they've been bombarded with all kinds of of uh of things and even the let me say the catechism of impossibilities of telling us what we can't do, and you know you you can't you can't do this and 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 the distraction is great uh, like i said television is, uh, in prison was one of the things that really just sort of shocked me in a way you know, but I saw how it was used as a tool to take us away from the books and the things that we, uh, you know, that we can uh, use to liberate ourselves. And I think this is why uh, California Prison Focus and uh, various other organizations outside are important in order to, to have that information coming in, because if we don't do it, then the the TV and the other uh, side of the equation, they would definitely, they will have no problems in just, you know, just feeding our youth with all kinds of stuff that uh, takes them away from what's really being done to them, and this is something that, you know, uh, we have to do. Uh, one other thing I could just, just say in terms of what, uh, in terms of being an elder. Uh, and I consider myself elder not just somebody's old right what I'm saying an elder and, and, and with wisdom to, and
1: experience yeah. and
0: with that title comes a responsibility sure. you know it comes a, a, a responsibility and that responsibility you know it it it, it faces us you know a lot of challenges uh, in that because it's a new you know, it's another generation that we're trying to we're trying to pass that historical baton on to the next generation. A lot of times they won't they won't accept that that baton, and it's a lot of time we as elders are reluctant to even pass that baton on to the next next generation. You know, so there's a there's a disconnect mm. if we are not really committed to uh, you know to. It's to study you know to study to read to know what's going on and being able to have that that dialogue and that conversation with uh you know across generational lines and that's for me and i and I, and I put the emphasis on that because that's so important to me how do we reach uh young people how do we really cut through that how 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 do we put on uh you know uh, ear muffins, yeah. <laughs> when you know, if if we don't like some of the 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 lyrics, how do we engage them about uh, you know being socially conscious uh, about what is going on? Because if we lose the youth, as we you know elders, we're gonna die. <laughs> I mean, that's you know, you we know, say, why do you you know if we. It, yeah, you die if you don't live. So. You die, you don't live, right? <laughs> so, and
1: and we want a quality of life, right, and exactly. and it is, and it's true that, um, and and we're talking about our youth, and and this is, I mean, we are in the context of you know our black and brown youth, mm-hmm. and and you know youth are they, we got to meet them where they're at, right? Yeah. I mean, and mm-hmm. and they are under attack. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. they and. And it's the community, right? Yeah. That we really you become part of the community and you know when we're talking about just okay so this take it out of this context, even though it's just a broader context really, but there's with all of the um the issues around what's happening at the border with yeah. immigration right yeah. and one of the biggest uh issues that they talk about is the separation of families they've yeah. been talking about this separation of families mm. and that is one of the biggest aspects of this mass imprisonment and enslavement of of our people um is the separating of families yeah. i mean our 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 our, our youth get yeah. left alone the I, I mean the the many facets of what it means to mm. have an incarcerated, enslaved parent, mm. and then what's happening to them, and then well, who's left on the other side sure. to handle. And we're asking our youth to to take care of things in a way that they haven't been prepared for, nor that they should be prepared for. Mm. You know, as a community, we also have a responsibility. That's true. The, you know. Um, yeah, as as community members, we have a responsibility to be also meeting our youth where they are, being responsible community members by educating ourselves and being a part of this constant movement, right? Yes. Um, and because also as the elders you need that support from the community as well in order to do your work as well, right? And um we it, it really does take an effort and that's also what I, you know, want to um I, I want the listening audience to hear that part of what this um you know, in being in dialogue with you and others and really this platform of prison focus and our organization, California Prison Focus and its publication, it is about creating that more informed public, that more informed community to educate ourselves and understand, get a better understanding of the America that we really live in. You know, like what is being uncovered, this is not new. It's this is the ugly aspect of the founding of this country. And the sooner we embrace that, the 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 as as hard as it is, we have to do it together. Yeah. And but it's essential because we are then become complicit, right? Again, in either our own oppression or being the oppressor. Yeah and mm-hmm. and and furthering the the weakening of our communities where we none of us have anywhere else to go mm-hmm. <laughs> we are all right here and and the sooner that we yeah that we understand who the common oppressor is mm-hmm. what what the common oppressor is because mm-hmm. that, that um because it is a system right um and and it is not always meted out by um, a certain color of skin of people. Because once you become complicit, you can be of any color if you're complicit in the system. And um, But that narrative around the separation of families, I feel, is is really, really important. And I I would love to kind of talk a little bit more about that, kind of move into that space of what it means because when you were incarcerated um what that meant to have what the effect is um on the 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 family members Mm -hmm. and other loved ones they don't even have to be immediate family but everybody really is impacted impacted in different ways and so i would love for you to to, if you would, you yeah. talk a, about that. And that's,
0: that's, 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 uh, thank you for that, that question because that's very important. As you were you know, speaking about uh, this whole question of immigration, which is a, a, a very big issue now, myself, uh, you know, as my story, I, uh, I you know, I escaped... You know, uh, so left, yeah, left 20 years. So after after those 20 years, I mm-hmm. came back. But I came back voluntarily, came back uh, to prison. Well, while I was in exile, I have seven children. I had seven children there. And uh, I came back uh, to prison because I wanted a better life for them. Uh, things in the country got so bad they had a military coup and that civil war, so I have a perspective on what it 's like for an immigrant to mm-hmm. come to this country. You know right. a lot of you know people don 't come to this country necessarily because they loved this country. Right. A, uh, a lot of time, people leave the country because of the conditions and you know, oppression that's taking place in the country. A well, lot of it. We have been involved exactly, in exactly <laughs> a lot of it through the IMF and exactly. the Structural Adjustment Program, and uh, you know these lending agencies that force the government to cut back on its public health spending and to you know privatize and to you know uh, destroy the country. So I came back uh, in 1994. Because I wanted a better life. Yes, Korea.
1: I'm sorry. I just, I just need people to understand. I just had to say that yeah. these re- the, the the money and the other resources that are being put towards being an imperialist nation in these other countries that's creating this. That's 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 money that could be used to to make our situation better here. So yeah. people need to understand that your tax dollars are going to. These oppressive um, uh, maneuvers that our our government is taking in other countries, and and making people have to leave, like Watani was saying, leave their countries, um, not because they necessarily want to be here, but there, but because of our involvement in the repressive and extractive kinds of uh, policies and and maneuvers and military maneuvers that are taking place in those countries, mm-hmm. making people have to leave. And, and, and migrate to other places. So uh, that's our tax dollars, people. Yeah, true, okay.
0: True. Yeah. And, and, and the separation, the separation of family. So, families. I was mm-hmm. separated from my children for 11 years. Well, 11 years since when I left them, but uh, 21 years in total. So, you know, mm-hmm. being separated, and, and, you know, what kind of impact you know, that have on, you know, on children growing up, you know, without that, uh, that guidance, you know. And while I was in prison, I met a lot of young people who were separated, you know, from their, you know, their mothers and their fathers. And, um, and that has a, that has a devastating, uh, you know, impact on who they become. You know, Uh, I've experienced so much anger that's also involved, and uh, and a lot of times those things uh, take place, and we don't have time really to to study what happened, how this came, how this came about, uh, and uh, this is why I think that you know the work of an elder, or the elders, you know, are very important in order to bridge that gap, to have that uh, that that conversation mm-hmm. uh, with uh, our young people so important. Uh, I,
1: I, I agree. I, yeah. I, I agree. How do you feel, like, how do you feel your children are doing now? I would, like, have you, yeah, I would love for you to share about yeah. the conversations that you're having now with them, and, and.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I appreciate the <laughs> question that you're saying, and, uh, you know, like I said, I was separating my children uh, for 21 one year, So I had a lot of, you know, a lot of learning. I I always, you know, given my situation, I always thought that, you know, I, uh, I came back to this country because I wanted a better life for my children. So there should be, you know, some gratitude, maybe, you know, hey dad, <laughs> great job. Uh, but I, how wrong I was with mm. that. I came and I was confronted with so much anger that it caught me by surprise because I thought, mm-hmm. you know, the greatest challenge would be like the cell phones, uh, right, the right. computers, and all the technological things that, uh, you know, that that, that, it, that wasn't in play uh, before I went to prison. But I found out that the greatest challenge was uh, my relationship with my children because I had no idea how much anger the separation uh, would bring, you know, and the conversation that, and that's not to say that, you know, had I been there, everything would have been all rosy. It would oh, right. you know have I been. Mean? Right. But it's just to say that, you know, because I was not there in their life, I was not able to have that conversation. I was not able to make that connect, you know, from the past to their future. Uh, it didn't give them the information. They they didn't have the information. So all the other information that was coming from social media and you know uh, corporations, it was just overwhelming for them. You know right. the money. You know, uh, the, you know, trying to get ahead, the bling bling, the whole the whole shot. You know, it's 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 challenging anyway. It's right. challenging even if I would, had to been there, but uh, not being there. Uh, they didn't have a chance, and I think that that's something uh young people are are you know are, are confronted with because that chain is not there you know and all throughout you know we can go back to history and you know we always maintain the family particularly in the, you know black and brown communities we, we had the family if nothing else we had the we had the family uh but um because of that disruption of the movement back then, it it, uh, it 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 threw a wrench in the in 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 the process, and you know, and um, that's not to say that you know we're on the retreat, you know, it just that's not being exposed, it's not being displayed, but there are you know I'm you know I, I've been met a lot of. A lot of young people that have a lot on the ball, lot on the ball oh, and they've done some analysis and they're mm. really, you know, inside and outside. Absolutely. And it's, it's, uh, it's it, you know, so for me it's been inspiring, you know, for, uh, uh, you know, for moving in the right direction to, uh, you know, to ensure that changes, fundamental changes are taking place in the society.
1: Absolutely, and at, that really again speaks to when you mentioning that. Uh, yeah, not to, and it, it is a positive that again the black the struggle for black liberation is definitely alive and well, and the, and the youth especially are doing a, just amazing work out there. And again, that inside and outside, I really again want to encourage people because we do have, unfortunately, thousands of Mm -hmm. our young people and mothers and fathers and aunts and uncles Mm -hmm. who are incarcerated. So I, and there are very few, um, you know, publications, Mm -hmm. um, that are out there to help in that. In that education and in that um, a, uh, awareness that that you're not alone in this. Actually, there are people out here, and we want more people out there. So please, you know, go to the website. And um, this this paper is so important, the prison-focused newspaper, because I, I truly believe that it helps in this education and it helps in um, in maintaining that. Um, that dialogue and that connection to the community, when we out here um, are more aware, we can be a part of we can be a part of again elevating that uh, and opening up those pathways to that to that education and to that awareness and and you know, if nothing else to that hope. Um, I had um, so go to prisons dot org, please um, make a donation. Um, even or uh, so that we can get this newspaper inside more and you can educate yourself as well because it is it is it is really important I was at a um, at a block party Um, all of us are none put on a Mm -hmm. block party and uh, California prison focus was tabling there and um, a woman who uh, had her sentence commuted thank goodness she was a life without parole mm-hmm. she had a life without parole sentence um, uh, came up to the table with she uh, had tears in her eyes mm-hmm. because she saw the newspaper and that newspaper she received it inside or saw it inside and she in reading it she realized that people actually cared and so, and and how that made her feel, that even though she was out now, yeah. just seeing the paper and how it made her feel when she was inside, feeling like, nobody knows, I'm mm-hmm. going to die here in prison, I'm um, separated from everything. I mean, she had a life without parole, which I think should be, an Ill- that, that should be illegal.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Nobody should be sentenced to a life without parole. Yeah. And so... Um, I, I just I, I really do want to um, I, I just wanted to emphasize that because you know talking about um, you'd mentioned the, yeah. you know what the youth are doing you know inside and out and 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 it is about keeping that dialogue yeah. and and keep um, being a part of um, again that and also part of what we're doing here also at prison focus, Is we want to make sure that we are continually shifting that narrative, right? About who is behind the walls, right? These are people, these are family members, these are friends, these are people that have multifaceted aspects of themselves. They are not just criminals, like Mm -hmm. CDC tries to say. So I don't want to have the last word. I yeah. want you to have the last word. I would love for you to talk. I would love for us to end on a, on a really positive note because you are doing wonderful things in the community and, you know, escaping exile, coming back, thinking that you're going to be able to bring your family with you. We're not able to bring your family with you. You've just remained uh, just so positive and, and and steadfast, though, in what it is that you would like to bring to the community. So, I would love for you to tell the folks what it is that you are, what you're up to. Okay, um, <laughs> if you don't I, mind, unless no, you had no, something no, else no, you no, wanted I don't to mind right. all, but I just, I just <laughs> wanted to, you know,
0: also, you brought up, uh, I think, uh, a point that we can't emphasize enough is uh women. Women who are incarcerated. Yes. And, you know, and And, you know, the spaces and stuff they need to you know, they they need in order to, you know, to share their stories and to also to connect, you know, with us. So I think we put a lot of emphasis on men and men in prison and, and uh young boys, but I, I don't think we can give enough uh credit, enough uh, uh emphasis on 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 women and you know and, and, and the struggle that they're they are confronted with that are not often talked about in spaces as we you know have here uh, absolutely yeah uh, thank you, thank you
1: for even yeah bringing it out even more, and again, that's part of getting that newspaper. we want to get it on the inside f- to to the women as well, because it's also important that we, those voices are in the newspapers so that yeah they're hearing from each other because that's mm-hmm. more of that separation and that mm-hmm. isolation mm-hmm. that this system is right. perpetuating on to us so sure. thank you what right.
0: yeah okay that's for me what what, what <laughs> i'm doing i'm doing a lot of things i come like everywhere i mean I, and i love it it's not that i'm spreading myself thin I, you know but i just love I, and and most of it uh deals with dealing with young people, you know, mm. wherever they are, I try to find them and I, you know, I consider myself a, well, a Pro survivor, but also I consider myself a freelance elder. Okay. So, you know, and being that-, that Free means, hugs. <laughs> free hugs and I'll go and, and, you know, and just having that, uh, having that conversation, uh, you know, with them, my whole, uh, you know, small circles I'm in. At a place called Canticle Farm. You know, uh, California Prison Focus has been like my, you know, my lifeline, you know, to, you know, when I need to try to make a connection with uh, the voices and people that I've left inside. Uh, I, you know, read the paper. California Prison Focus, you know, those letters, I'm reading those letters from people that are locked up in shoe, people who are. Uh, recently getting out. So for me, I always uh, try to, you know, um, lean on the storytelling aspect, you know, but again, when I say storytelling, I'm not just saying just to, you know, tell stories just to be telling stories, but also looking at those stories and finding out that there's a, you know, there's a social dimension to it as well as a, personal dimension to it. So we have a personal part of it, but that's also a context that gave rise to whatever we're doing. You know, people don't just, like I say, we don't just, you know, live in a vacuum that, you know, that even we we'll would be talking about that, you know, I, I, I committed this crime. So, you know, that's my personal responsibility, but personal responsibility, you know, has to take place in a social context. So if you look at that social context and that will give you a better perspective on what and why uh, things are the way they are. So for me, that's that's really my focus regardless of where I go, what space I occupy uh, or provide for others to occupy. That's I consider the work that is mine to do. And I think we each each of us have our work to do because right now there's so much on the table now. I mean, right. it's not like you can, you know, you have to pick and choose, you know.
1: Find uh, your find your thing because, that, yeah. That's true. There are lots, there's lots to
0: choose from. Yeah, lots. Yeah. So, so.
1: Do you, um, oh, the other, there's another group of, of beautiful people that we don't talk about that much either, and that is children
0: mm. that
1: have incarcerated parents yeah, do you how yeah, yeah. do they share their do you come across and do they yeah. share with you and that's
0: that's that's that's, that's another very important part as you raise a yeah. newbie because uh and and when i speak to whatever circle I that's one of the main thing that I talk about because our children are collateral damage of the criminal justice system. Absolutely. And and we have to look at it in terms of that, you know, because you know, being you know, um, being separated, you know, from a parent and have to grow up in that and not really understanding why, you know, you can come up with all the reason and just like I say, when I came back, I thought I came back. You know, and my children should be grateful. You know, that was my story. Right, that right. wasn't their story. You know, their story, uh, you know, is different. And it's real. They grew up without yeah. a father. They had to endure uh, unimaginable uh, types of things that uh, they were confronted with, people they couldn't go to. So that's, you know, uh, that is very, very, very key to, uh, to this whole thing, you know, that our children are you know, um, collateral damage of this criminal justice system, and we, you know, we, you, and I, we read a lot of letters that came from inside. You know, and Absolutely. you know, and people are really trying to father a parent inside a prison. It's not an easy thing to do. You know, it's practically impossible. It is to do.
1: And yeah. the system inside isn't helping that's the other aspect of it and so again, we uh, those of us that can if you find your way mm. to this ongoing struggle mm. for prisoners human rights, this movement, this movement for black liberation is 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 so rich and multifaceted in what it really in what it means um, so we have to again as community members mm. we we need to get on board because this is this is separation of of families and our children these are our children that i mean they could be boyfriends and girlfriends or wives and husbands sure. or these partners Of our children. I mean, these are our community members. We have to take better care. We don't want to mirror what CDCR is doing. They are violating their, their, the, um, all the policies and legislation and procedures, um, to keep people and, and basically to keep their jobs, I hate to say it, they're yeah. just – they're trying to keep their jobs um, and continually present to the public that these are people that deserve whatever it is that they are getting. And they don't. People do not deserve to be abused, and especially – I mean, we're talking about – yeah, we're yeah. taking kids, children, you yeah. know, sons and daughters that are – whose parents are yeah. are yeah. separated from them. And um, And we can do something about it. We can. we can, and we the first can. thing we can do is care.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, so
1: that's just at least care. Yeah. yeah
0: um,
1: but true. thank you for being out there, and thank you for, um, you know, you have you're such a you have such a calming presence, and it's so solid and and beautiful, and that care, and that's I know you bring that because you you you're bringing it. It's right here, mm-hmm. and um, and bringing that into the. Um, into those spaces where those youth
0: are, it's real, it is real, yes, please, you can. Yeah, let me just share how I usually set the stage when I I go and speak, uh, just to try to give it some kind of a container. Mm -hmm. uh, Whenever we gather, we must always acknowledge and celebrate our struggles for justice in this country. Let us honor first the ancestors, the messengers, and the openers of the way forward, the freedom fighters, the self-sacrificers, great and small, who taught us by their mind-opening words and exemplary action how to understand and to assert ourselves in the world. And let us also mark and measure our victories, both great and small, never forgetting the cost and the casualties that accompany them and let us also pay homage to the memory of our ancestors and the struggles they gave their lives to by continuing the struggle until freedom justice and reparations are achieved in this country everywhere must be our battleground and every day must be our call to struggle. And that sets sets the mood for the conversation that always begin to remind us of the ancestors and to remind us of our commitment and the work that still allows us to do.
1: That is beautiful, and I hope everybody heard that loud and clear. We can take that as well to the rest of our day. It's moving forward in our lives, we hope to hear from all of you. It has been a wonderful, wonderful talking with you. Watani.
0: Thank you same here always uh, newbie. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much. And that looks like that will be our show for today. Is that right? We I also want to give a shout out to Jim here, who has been engineering for us today. Hey, Jim. So thank you so, so much, so much for, um, for holding it down for us so today.
0: Um, grateful,
1: grateful. So, so grateful. And that really has been um, KPOO. Um, San Francisco 89.5 just such an amazing group of people I've been doing this remotely for over a year now so folks I'm just letting you know um, this okay it's my second time being in the studio Yay. but um, in the future it looks like I am going to be at the controls eventually welcome, so
0: welcome,
1: welcome, welcome. Um, I'm really excited I want to thank all of you for um, uh, hanging with us and again Please uh, reach out to me. I really want to uh, hear some feedback. You know, eventually we may um, have some, some call-in. Uh, we'll see how that goes um, a little bit down down the road here in the future. But um, again, reach me at, at prisons.org. Please go to our website, um, www.prisons.org. And uh, hear from, um, those mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers and young people that are, um, again, trying to get their voices out. We want to make sure that they know that they are not forgotten and that they actually have, they have a lot to say, um, a lot to teach us, um, ways that we can definitely work with them. And since we do have um, – let's see, I think I've got a couple of minutes here, and I wanted – I'm going to give our editor of the newspaper the last words. This comes from issue number 41. Um, and you can read the whole newspaper if you go again to prisons.org and go to newsletters, and you will see past, uh, past issues. A short reflection on Inside Outside Solidarity by Kim Pollock. For those of us on the outside, it has been incredibly inspiring to witness the hopes and perseverance of the hunger-striking protesters. Despite all they have endured and continue to go through, the men with whom we speak and from whom we receive letters continue to maintain positive attitudes that keep this struggle moving ahead. It is the prisoners that were giving us on the outside encouragement uh, with statements such as, We're still here. We're still going strong. We'll do whatever it takes. Despite experiencing the painful and life-threatening symptoms of starving oneself, they would tell us that they were okay and not to worry. They would remind us that they had chosen to put their lives on the line, sacrificing their own well-being for the sake of those that will come behind them. They said they would do it again. It was with this... It is with that resolve that the prisoners of Pelican Bay and other prisons across California inspire all of us to hold our heads up as they do and continue this struggle one day at a time. One prisoner eloquently reflects the gratitude that we on the outside frequently receive from the men with whom we work in solidarity. Thank you for the help and reaching out. We appreciate it. They've kept us on a blackout more or less since the beginning. We are starting to see that you're going beyond anything we expected. Many of us understand the sacrifices you make to support us. And lastly, in response, a quote by Lilla Watson, which reflects why we do make these sacrifices. Quote, if you have come here to help me, you are wasting your time. But if you have come because your liberation is bound up with mine, then let us work together."
0: Quote. All right, beautiful. All right. Beautiful. That's our show. I was born and raised down in Alabama. On a farm way back up in the woods I was so ragged that folks used to call me patches Papa used to tease me about it. course Deep down inside he was hurt Because he'd done all he could My Papa was a great old man I can see him with a shovel in his hand See education he never had He did wonders when the times got bad The little money from the props he raised down one day, Papa called me to his dying bed Put his hands on my shoulders and in tears he said He said, Patches, I'm depending on your son